0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Hey, good morning Kingdom Living Ministries, thank you for joining in tuning in to us. Um, I got a word from heaven. I'm going to talk about something that's extremely important. It's very dear to my heart. I try to teach it at least every two years. So I want you to sit back, relax, stop rocking around, stop, get, don't eat that bowl of cereal. So just I, for those who are pregnant, I know you're eating for two, but um, I want you to enjoy this word. I want you to take notes, get your Bibles, get you a notebook, or your smartphone, take some notes. Don't be tempted to look at Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter, listen, or MySpace. MySpace is still alive. It's still alive, all right? Um, My profile is up, friend (laughs) me. Tom is still on there, by the way. But anyway, we're gonna go right into the Word of God. I hope you enjoy this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to teach your Word with your people. To your people, I pray, Father, that I stand in the offices that you've called me to, a pastor, teacher, I pray for the anointing It is the anointing that makes the difference. God, I thank you that the anointing makes the difference in a communicator. And Father, transform my mind into the mind of Christ. And may I speak the word of God from my spirit, man, and not just from our soul. And Father, I pray, Father, use me for your glory. Pray that you'll grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the great, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? Grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance. Father, God, give me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word to them that are weary and I thank you that as the words of my mouth that that you'll use it to save a marriage, save a life, save um, financial disasters, save, Lord, just the, their entire being. I thank you, Father, and use this. May you take this word and you spread it around the world that someone will come to know you as Savior. Someone come to know the Holy Spirit as guide. in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so we're going to talk about making wise decisions, making wise decisions. I'm starting this new series, Um, probably going to take us to the rest of the summer. I will get to Colossians when I feel like it now, when the Lord leads me, but we're going to dive right into this. I believe that this is something that the Spirit of the Lord prompted me to share with you concerning making wise decisions and hearing from heaven. So we're going to dive right into that. Um, Hearing from heaven is vital to making the right choice. One of the greatest things that we can learn is to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. The greatest need in the church today is the renewal of the mind. So many believers are not thinking properly. And so, the way you think is the way that you believe. The way that you believe is the way that you talk. The way that you talk is the way that you're, you're, the way, your ways. And so, you have to change, the, you know, your mindset. As a man thinketh, so is he." Proverbs talks about that. So, we got to change the mindset, the the, the renewing of the mind. How, how, how How does somebody get delivered? By the renewing of the mind. God takes, He goes, He saves a person's spirit, and then He goes after their mind, that's the, that's the first thing he does after a person is born again, is the mind change. And so, there has to be a renewal of the mind. That's the greatest need of the church, because if some of the church, believe it or not, still thinking like the world, still living like the world. See, how, the way you live, it's the way you think. If you can change your thinking, you can change your life. And so, what's the difference between a millionaire and a poor person? it's the way they think. So we got to change some mindsets. That's the greatest need of the church. The second greatest need of the church is to learning how to be led by the Spirit of God. Now you got some people that they, they get very um, mystical and they're spooky and everything is, they hear voices. I'm telling you, if you hear voices every day, there's something you need a devil cast out of you there's something wrong with your mind and with you god does not that's not the main way he speaks to people is in audible voices so if you're hearing voices i just take authority over that right now in the name of jesus and i command those voices to cease in jesus name you're not supposed to hear that audible voices all the time god may speak to you in an audible voice once in a lifetime, maybe twice, but, but it's not on an everyday basis. So when people talk about hearing the voice of God, um, they get, some people get kind of flaky. All right. So we're going to, we're going to dive into this, um, making wise decisions in light of hearing from heaven. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Joel chapter three, Joel chapter three, verse 14. Joel chapter three, verse 14. It says multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So we see there are multitudes of people in this, in, in this valley called decisions. We choose daily. In fact, uh, researchers have said that the average person makes an eye popping 35,000 choices per day. That's right. You heard me right. 35,000 per choices, I mean, choices per day. Assuming that most people spend around seven hours per day sleeping, that makes roughly 2000 decisions per hour and one decision every two seconds. 35,000 decisions, per day. That's a lot of deciding if we make it right. That's a lot of choices that we're making. And so for example, we choose our spouses. Um, sometimes when people want to blame God, God gave me my spouse, uh, maybe, but you made that choice. So if your spouse is cheating on you, you made that choice. If your spouse is not working, you made that choice. You chose to be with a person who doesn't work. Uh, let me leave that alone. (laughs) Um, You chose to have children or maybe not. (laughs) Um, but, but you, you, you did some things to have that child. We, um, we choose the jobs that we work at, right? You can have, you can actually make a decision to leave your job tomorrow or even today or stay at your job. We choose the job that we work at. We choose to go to work or not. We choose to call in sick or take a personal day. Some of y'all don't have any more personal days. <laughs> you used all of them in the first couple of months of your of this year. We choose to stay home or to sleep in. Um, we choose what we what we're gonna eat for the most part. You know, I I, I understand that some people don't have um, perhaps they're limited to their resources, so they don't have. Many choices to make as far as eating, but most of us we do we have choices what to eat. You know, maybe we want a salad today or a bowl of cereal. Maybe we want hot dogs boiled with some beer, which by the way is awesome. Um, or we maybe we want uh, a pancakes or a, a, a vegan waffles. And so you have these different choices. So you have you choose whether or not what you want to eat. You choose to, um, for example, you may choose to turn down that sweet. That sweet, that dessert, you know. Say, oh, I think I, I I'm gonna pass on it because you you're watching your weight, or perhaps you, you choose to to drink water instead of drinking juice. There are choices. Then you have you choose what church you want to be a part of, right? You choose a ch- church. Say, you know, I think I like this church because they got a good children's program. I like the personality of the preacher. I like the music. Or the word is good. It's all right, you know. So we make choices. So today I'm starting this new series about the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. So we're talking about making wise decisions. How does God speak to us and how are we to be led by the Spirit of God? How does he speak? Many times people are li- looking for audible voice. I'm telling you, I've been saved most of my life and I, I, I've probably heard the audible voice probably once or twice. And I can take you back to the time and the place that I heard the voice of the Lord I, audibly. And so that's not the main way in which he speaks. Once again, if you hearing voices, God never tells us to seek voices. He does tell us to seek his guidance, but he never tells us to seek a voice. If you don't agree with that, just just hold on. Learning how to hear from heaven and to follow his leading, his leadings are more important than anything else. Since I was a young lad, I believe that if I can hear from God, that I could make the right choice. You know, learning how to hear from God, I I believe that if I prayed, fasted, studied the scriptures, listened to the wisdom of the multitude, you know, safeties and the multitude of uh, of those who are wise, If I can listen to wise people, then I can make the right choice or choices in life. So how does God lead his children? It does not make you more spiritual because you heard from God. There are some people who will make you feel less than because they're hearing from God. I'm telling you that doesn't make you spiritual just because you heard from God. The sinner is hearing from God. The sinner is hearing God tell them, don't go that direction. The sinner is telling them, hear from God, come to Jesus or go to church. I I never forget my cousin, um, who's more like my sister. She was, you know, she was doing some things and she saw in in a neon lights church. So she called me up and she said, what do you think that means? I mean, and I told her, I said, go to church. (laughs) It's not a mystery. So God is communicating with people on the earth. So it does not make you spiritual because you heard from God. But what makes you spiritual is your obedience to what you heard. It's one thing to hear from God, but it's another thing to act upon what you heard. Once again, the greatest need of the church is the mind renewal. The second greatest, the second need, greatest need is learning how to hear from heaven. Hearing from heaven can save you money, can save you time and can save you some energy. This is the advantage that we have over the world. Many believers and unbelievers, you don't, when you look at their lives, you don't really see a difference. So, I'm going to go through, go to a couple scriptures that kind of tell us that we can expect this advantage. So, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Malachi, Malachi. I'm I'm actually preaching out of the Christian standard Bible today. I know normally I do the ESV, but I've decided to preach out the CSB. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Let's read it. Malachi chapter 3. And let's look at verse 18. So you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Let me read that again. So you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and and one who does not serve him. So there should be a difference between the righteous and the wicked, the unbeliever and the believer, the saved and the unsaved, the light and the darkness. There should be a difference. Unfortunately, there are a lot of believers. If you look at their life, they, there's no difference between the unbeliever, them and the unbeliever. But we should, there should be a difference. Um, You see some believers making the same dumb decisions as those who are not saved. Actually, sometimes you see unbelievers making better decisions, such as with their health, with their money, even perhaps even with their family. So we have to get the wisdom of God. There should be a difference. These are things that make us different in the sense of, the things that we have access to. We have the word of God. And so as a Christian, we have the word of God, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And we have the wisdom of God. We have the mind of Christ and we have the mighty, precious Holy Spirit. There should be a difference between us and the unbeliever. So I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I'm asking you to make a difference in my life and the unbeliever there should there, there, see too many, many of us are, there's a mixture and we don't see a difference between the saved and the unsaved, how we're living. I'm going to say some things that you may, may not agree with, but don't throw it away. I'm going to get to it. The father God makes the difference. He's the creator to the world, but he's father God to the believer. So the world can't call God father. The world calls him creator, the man upstairs, God, but we call him father God. He's father to the believer because in Romans 8, it talks about the spirit, the spirit that God has given us cries, Abba, father. He's daddy God to us, father God. Jesus makes the difference to the world. He's the prophet. He's He's the rabbi, the teacher, great teacher. But to the believer, he's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. The Holy Spirit makes the difference to the world. He's a mystery. The world, you know, knows little to nothing about the Holy Spirit. You know, in some religions such as Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't even recognize the, the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is not a mystery to the believer. He's a comforter. He's the counselor. He's the teacher. He's the standby. He's the intercessor. He's the guide to every believer. That's that's who the Holy Spirit is. Go with me to first Peter. First Peter, chapter two, we're talking about making wise decisions, making wise decisions. I don't know about you, but I have made some foolish decisions in my life and we, we need to make better decisions. There, there should be a difference in our lives than it is with our neighbors or our co-workers or our managers, people who, I mean, I I, I was at work one day and I was talking to some some unbelievers, friends, co-workers that I work with. And, and, and I realized, I, I said, what's all my life is greater than what's at this job? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I see things differently. Whereas, you know, it's a great job and people are making good money. But guess what? This is not my source. This is not my source. I, I I think differently about jobs. And my jobs, any job that I work should support my calling, my, my place in the kingdom, and not the other way around. That, that, you know, and I've seen people make their job their source and make their job the focus of their lives. God, there's something greater on our lives as believers. We have the anointing. We have the wisdom of God. We have the mind of God. What I, what got my place in this world is greater than me working nine to five or whatever hours you work, 11 to seven, whatever hours you work is greater. My money is blessed. God is involved with my money. I may not be Bill Gates. I, I may not be the guy who owns Amazon, but my, my money, God is involved with my money. And my money is the kingdom's business and my life, my family, you know, my, my my boys are not just regular black boys. They they have the favor of God on them. They have the blood of Jesus applied to their lives. So there's a difference where the cops will pull over some other guys. They won't come near my my kids. Come on, I, I'm 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 hearing Psalm 91. I, I I see the wisdom of God raising my boys up to be great and mighty husbands and fathers and leaders and 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 and, and wealthy men. Come on, come on! Uh, you got to see, you got to see your kids differently than the world. Um, yeah, they may, they made a, they may have um, labeled your kid, but but we we know what God says. They may say that they have low attention spans, but we say that their attentions are a glue to the knowledge of God and the knowledge of this world and they're growing and they have favor. You know, they, they may have some disabilities, but we see Philippians 4.13 operating in their lives. They can do all things through Christ which strengthens them. Um, they may have some behavior issues, but we see the spirit of God giving us as parents wisdom to raise them up and to God them in the way that they should go. We may see some inclinations of lying and stealing and even some sexual things, but God's wisdom can disrupt the plans of the enemy. And I want you, I want you to see yourself different, not better, but different than the world, different than the world. You're not better than the world. You, You are not just a sinner saved by grace. Either you're a sinner or you're saved by grace. I choose to be saved by grace. I'm not, I'm not just an old sinner and, and God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, the savior and father God has restored my dignity. He's, he's restored my self worth. I know who I am and as believers, we know who we are. See, the world doesn't know who they are. They're confused. You know, they're confused. They're confused about their sexual identity. They're confused about their race. They're confused about whether or not they're American or not. I mean, their identity is in their culture, but our identity is in Christ. So we got to see ourselves different than the world. First Peter chapter two. Now I just preached, none of that was in my notes. First Peter (coughs) chapter two, verses nine and 10, it says, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You have, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So at one time we were not God's people, but now we are God's people. And one time we were in darkness. Now we're in what Peter calls the marvelous light. There should be a difference how we think, how we talk. Come on. Some of y'all talking just like the world. Y'all cussing like the world. You should be blessing like God. God doesn't go around cussing. (laughs) He goes around blessing. He speaks life. I've never seen God speak death. in in a person's life. Not like, not like we do. We need to, we need to speak life to our life And, and God is full of faith. So his words are full of faith. And so we need to speak words of faith. So we need to be different in the way that we think, the way that we talk, the way that we live, the way we deal with our money, the way we deal with our jobs, the way we deal with each other, the way we deal with the world. There has to be a difference. And so we're talking about making wise decisions. I know you're waiting for all the little points concerning making wise decisions, but I want you to understand there is a difference. This also tells us in verse nine, it says you are a chosen race. See, my identity is more than my, my race. If I can say that my identity is that I'm in Christ before I'm a black. And this is going to make a lot of people mad, but it's okay. Before I'm a black man, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, that's who I am. My identity goes beyond my blackness. Thank God that I'm black. I'm not ashamed to be black, but I am gonna tell you something that my faith in Christ is greater than my blackness. And my faith, I see my white brothers and my white sisters, in a a greater light than I do in through my blackness. See, my people is God's people. (laughs) You you do hear me, right? I'm not denying your, my, my, my culture where I come from, I'm not ashamed of it, but my faith is above everything else. And I think sometimes in the climate that we're in, we have, I've seen Christians who was all for the gospel and they have exalted their race above this gospel called Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. And so I want to exhort you that we must see life through our faith. Um, Paul said it like this. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We talk by faith. And he actually says this in Romans, the latter part of Romans, Romans 16. He says, whatever is not of faith is sin. And so we we, we we should sleep in faith, we give in faith, we come to church in faith, we go to our jobs in faith, we go home in faith. We, we, we read the Bible in faith. We pray in faith. We think in faith. Come on. Faith is a powerful force. We have not even scratched the surface as it relates to faith. And we ever get a hold of faith. Faith is something that's beyond my sight. Faith goes into the unseen and brings the unseen into the seen world. Faith changes a nation. Faith changes a family. Faith changes your world. There. And that, that, that's a difference between us and the world. My faith in Christ changes everything about me. So, we are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. So, stop going to the priest and confessing your sin. Go to the priest, the high priest, Jesus, to confess your sins. He's the one that you should confess to. He's the one that, but he turns around and calls us a royal priesthood, So I'm part of this priesthood, a holy nation. My life is holy unto the Lord, a holy nation, a people for his possession. King James says a peculiar people, not a weird group of people, but peculiar, different, set apart, set aside for God. The world should know that God lives inside of us. There's a love that's in us that's beyond just a motherly or fatherly love or a brother love or sister love, a love more greater than a friendship love, a love that is unconditional. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. The love that will say a prayer when it's being crucified, A, a, a prayer of father, forgive them. That's, that should be the difference. We're still talking about making a wise decision. So here, I have some things to say that you may, may not agree with, but it's okay. Just live a little bit, live a little bit. We should look the best. God's people should look better than anybody else on the face of the earth. We should be more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not based in everything on the outside external, but on the inside, the beauty that of who Christ is inside of us, that that beauty should spill out on, on the outside. So we should look better than anybody else on the face. We should look the best. Um, we 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 when uh, when people come and see us, people should come and see us and say, "Wait, what, what what's this glory on Saudi on you?" You know, they might not use the word glory, but what what's different? There's something different about you. We should look the best. Our countenance should be brighter. We have joy. We may not have everything right in our life, which we don't, right? But we should have joy, that Jesus joy, the kind of joy that makes the world scratch their heads. Say, wait a minute. You, you, you know, you, you had a death, but you got joy. You, um, you, 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 you have some financial issues, but you, you got some joy. You, um, you just lost your job, but you got, you got joy. Um, you, you lost a child, you lost a parent, you, you, you lost some friendships, but you got joy. That, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The world should, should, should be confused about this joy that, that the joy of the Lord is a difference. I'm not talking about emotional labor. You know what emotional labor is? It's the kind of labor that that, you know, you see flight attendants they put on. You know, they. Hi. Hi, today. They put on their Joel Osteen smile. Hey, what's up? What's going on? And inside they're crying, you know, um, that's emotional labor. Uh, it, it's time for the body of Christ to go beyond emotional labor, but actually go into some real joy. I'm talking about the, the kind of joy that gives you strength in the midst of a storm, the kind of joy. And then, then let's talk about peace, the kind of peace that lets you sleep when there's a storm outside. You know, Jesus slept on the ship when there, when, when there was a storm coming against him. And then he, he, he looked at the disciples like, what are y'all, why are y'all wake me up? <laughs> he said, peace, be still. So we should have some peace. We should have some joy. Now I'm going to talk about something. We should have some long suffering and we can endure to the end. No matter what we're facing, we have the strength because if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Like that, there's something greater. And and, uh, Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep walking. (laughs) Know that I may be going through hell, but the stench of hell won't stay on me. Just like the the Hebrew boys. All right, let me let me leave that alone. (laughs) Um, So we should look the best. We should have the best. I did say that we should have the best. We should show forth his glory. We should have the best. We should live in the best. When i talk about living, I'm not talking about having the biggest house only, (laughs) but I'm talking about having the house, a banging house without any worries, (laughs) having the, being able to sleep at night. See, wicked men and women, they can't sleep at night. Their, their, Their peace is disturbed. They, maybe they killed over some money or they took advantage of the poor because of that money. We we should, because of a good, clean living and good, clean working, we can sleep in peace. So we should look the best. We should live in the best. Our house should be in order. There should be something about our house. And then when people come to our house, they should experience peace. I'll never forget this. I was just a young buck. I was probably 19, 20. And, and I want to be a part of a friend's wedding up in Michigan. This particular part of Michigan, there were absolutely no blacks in the entire um, town, county, I think. And there's some, some of the kids actually came up to me because they never saw a black man before. And, and I was, I I actually stayed on a farm and in this house, it was the most peaceful house. I've never been in a house like that one ever. And I'm, I'm trying to create that in mind. But it, it was a house that did not have a television and did not have a radio. It was free from the world's influence in a way that I've never seen it before. And the peace of God was so strong in that house. You just wanted to stay at that, in that house and, and you could fall asleep and whatnot. And they worship and they sung praises unto God. And that's the type of atmosphere that our homes should be. We should have the best atmosphere. If, even if we don't have the best house, we should have the best atmosphere in the entire world, the atmosphere. So we should have the best atmosphere ever. People should come around us want to be around us because of the atmosphere, the atmosphere of heaven. Heaven should, be, should invade our homes. Let me ask you this. How's your atmosphere? Is it full of hate? If, is it full of fear? Is it full of um, cussing? Is it, is it full of anger? What, what's your atmosphere? So change your atmosphere. There's no condemnation. I, we've, we've argued, we've yelled, yelling at our kids and whatnot, but let's change some things. Let's make some adjustments so that heaven can invade our homes. We should have the best atmosphere. We should also have, um, we should also have the best grades in school. <laughs> we should graduate on, on top of the class and we should have the best children on the planet. All right, go, go with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19 says this, if you're willing and obedient, you should eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you should eat the good things of the land. So everybody say, I'm willing and I'm obedient. I'm willing and obedient. Now, it doesn't take you a long time to be willing. Just make some adjustments and say, I'm willing to go and say and be and and do whatever God wants me to do. And I'm obedient to that. And so you should be willing and obedient. And when you're both of those, then you'll eat the good of the land. So we should have the best children on the planet. Our children should be well behaved. Well, what are you saying? What well, you know, maybe your child maybe my child is not well start speaking those things, start declaring some things, start getting the wisdom of God. Now we should have the best credit. Oh, I said that. Yeah. We should have the best credit. What, what, what do you mean? Because we, we, we put our word out there. We told those people when we took that credit card that we'll make payments and and that we'll we, we, we're willing to, to 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 put our name out. Our name should be good. The world should come to us for the answers. This may sound kind of strange to you that we should look the best, live in the best, have the best children, the best grades. Well, what if you fail? Get back up again. You know, having that enduring power. You may mess up the first time and the second time and the third time, but get back up. Come on, keep striving, having the best determination, the best ambition. Come on, go after that which God has given us. It might sound kind of strange, but don't throw it away just because you don't understand it. I'm telling you, there is something to what I'm saying. So with that said, now that's my intro. We're going to dive right into making wise decisions. Let me give you three ways in which the Lord leads us. There are three main ways in which the Lord leads us. The first way he leads us is through his word. Now, many times people skip over the word and they want to get a word from God, from a prophet, or they want to get a word directly from heaven, you know, a download from heaven. But I'm telling you, the number one way in which God leads us is the word of God. So if you want a word for your life, get in the word, the word. And when you get in the word, you'll have a word for your life. The word of God gives us wisdom. There's some things you don't have to pray about. That's right. You don't have to pray about coming to church. <laughs> if you have to, oh, I got to pray and see, be led by the spirit, whether or not to go to church. You're listening to the wrong spirit. You're, you're flaky. You're flaky. Stop being flaky. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assemblies of the believers. I got to pray whether or not to tithe. Stop being flaky. The Bible tells you to bring your tithes. I got to pray whether or not to fornicate. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. God has given us what to do. There's some things you don't even have to pray. Some of y'all are wasting time in prayer when God tells you, God has already told you what to do. Stop it. Stop it. There there, there shouldn't be, you don't have to pray about sanctification, about cussing, about, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I need to pray about being around that person. That person full of drama, you don't need to be around them. He that is wise, walk with wise men. And then it talks about also a good, um, good, bad company corrupts good behavior. So don't be around dumb people. If they're dumb, don't be around them because that that dumbness will get on you. Uh, I, I want to be around people who are intelligent, even if they're not safe. I'd rather be around them. Somebody's going to challenge me and, and encourage me to go after God more and go after life. Let me stop, but I can go on. So first is the word of God. The word of God tells us how God's going to lead us. God leads us by his word. Before we get into the specifics of, of your d- direction of your life, there is the general will of God. So get in the word, the word of God to tell you how to deal with the stress. The word of God tells you how to deal with your children. For Generally speaking, train your child. Are you training? Are you training your child to be lazy? Are you training your child to be a, a fool? Are you training? Come on. What are you training your child to be? What are you training your grandchildren? To be. God tells us tells husbands how to love their wives. God tells wives how to respect and honor their husbands. Come on. Uh, well, well, maybe I'm, 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 a, I'm sexually attracted to the same sex. Well, God tells us to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Uh, well, maybe you want to um, have sex with the opposite, with the opposite person. Well, God tells you what to do: flee fornication. Come on. It, there's some things you don't have to pray about. God tells us to put away lying and malice and grief. Some people out there, I got to pray whether or not to forgive a person. The Bible tells us to forgive and so forth. So this is the general will of God. So there's some things if you're complaining, God tells us to put away complaining, but in everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks. God tells us to pray instead of worry. So there are things that God tells us not to be drunk with wine. Well, there's debauchery, but instead be filled with the spirit. So, so some of y'all are inclined to get drunk, right? Y'all don't need to be around alcohol. So instead of being around alcohol, he, he, instead of getting drunk with alcohol, instead be filled with the spirit and he tells you how. And so there, the basic leading of the Lord and making wise decisions, is to read and study the scriptures. I challenge you, study the Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. and usually there's 31 days in a month. So take a proverb, a chapter a day and meditate on it. Now, just, don't just read Proverbs, but maybe start there. Read a Proverbs a day, maybe making that a, a habit for the rest of the year, as well as your Bible reading. You know, we still have the Bible reading. Yeah, you should be reading. You know, that, I think this past week was in Timothy and was so rich. And so, and and, and Ecclesiastes as well, and Timothy. And yeah, Timothy and Ecclesiastes was this past week. And so reading the word, going, taking time. So the second way in which he leads us is the inner witness. And we'll talk more about that inner witness. And the third way in which he leads us is through the wisdom of God. God leads his children through wisdom. There's w- We need wisdom in order to study the scripture and rightly appropriate the scriptures. We need wisdom concerning life's choices. And so if, if you have some choices to make today, which you do 35,000 of them, if you have some choices, you need the wisdom of God. So I'm gonna go to a scripture and we'll talk more about this as we go further along in the series. Um, go to James chapter one, James chapter one. I'm gonna focus a little bit on wisdom and then I'm gonna call it a day so you can go ahead and eat your food. James chapter one, James chapter one. We're talking about making wise decisions. You need to make some wise decisions concerning friends. You need to make the wise decisions concerning who you're dating who you're thinking about spending the rest of your life with. Make some wise decisions with your children, with your money. We need the wisdom of God. James chapter one, and let's look at verse two and let's go through verse six. It says, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. King James says, count it all joy when you, face various trials and tribulation. Count it all joy. So know that when you're facing a trial, don't say, oh Lord, what what am I going through? No, count it joy. It's an opportunity to believe God. It's an opportunity to put into practice what you've been training for, what you've been taught. You know, you you hear these messages. When do you ever get a chance to put into practice these messages? When the last time you prayed, spent some time praying in tongues or or worshiping God or reading and studying the scriptures? scriptures and confessing the word, (coughs) I'm telling you, this is the time to do it. So here it says, consider it a great joy when you fall into diverse kinds of temptation, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, lacks wisdom, He should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. Their person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord being double minded and unstable in all of his ways. So if you're facing some challenges today, which we are, or some decisions today, 35,000, let us seek the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom is like a vast, never-ending river, and we need that river to flow in our lives daily. So it's okay every day to believe God for some wisdom for the day. So as you get up in the morning, Lord, give me wisdom for this day. That should be on the top priority, the top of your list. Lord, give me some wisdom. I need wisdom, wisdom in order to be a husband or to be a wife or to be a single person or husband, a wisdom concerning to be a grandparent, an employer or employee, wisdom to be a student, a wisdom to to, to live in America or your particular country. We, We need wisdom. Give us wisdom. Let's go to Proverbs 4. I'm going to dive more into wisdom as we continue in this series. Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs chapter four. Let's dive right into this Proverbs chapter four. Let's look at verse one. Sorry, with verse one. Listen, sons, to a father's discipline. Pay attention so that you may gain understanding. For I'm giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother. He taught me and said, your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get verse five, get wisdom, get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom. She will watch over you. Love her and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom and whatever else you get, get understanding. Cherish her, she will exalt you. And um if you embrace her, she will honor you, she will place a garland of favor on your head, so will give you a crown of beauty. So here God tells us to get wisdom, and all you're getting, get some wisdom. And while you're getting wisdom, get some understanding. So I challenge you today, as you make wise decisions. You need some wisdom, and we'll dive more into it next week as far as how the Lord leads us through wisdom. Wisdom is a powerful, if I could say, powerful force. It's a powerful grace that if you get wisdom, wisdom will bring you wealth. Wisdom will make you live, help you live longer. I got 73 more years on the earth, until i reach 120. So wisdom will give me the wisdom will give me what I need to live long on the earth. Wisdom will save your teeth. Wisdom was even said, yeah, yeah. God doesn't want you, you know, I'm not going to touch that. But God is concerned about those things that you're concerned with. Wisdom will help you lose weight. Wisdom will help you get out of debt. Wisdom leads you out of ignorance. There is something to wisdom. Put wisdom on the top of your list and begin to seek, find. So before you go pray and base your prayers on for James, which you should do, begin to do a word search in the Bible on wisdom. I want you to find 20 scriptures this week about wisdom. And I want you to highlight about five of them and memorize it. That's your homework for this week. Find at least 20 scriptures dealing with wisdom, highlight five of them. I mean, you highlight all 20 of them, but write down five of them And meditate on those five and memorize them before you go to praying to God for wisdom. I want you to know that wisdom is a major theme throughout the scriptures. Wisdom can save your life. Wisdom can save your marriage. Wisdom can save energy. Wisdom can save time. And God leads his children through wisdom. And so let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to share your word with your people as we make wise decisions. I pray that you'll grant your people, everyone that's under the sound of my voice. May they hear these words. May they do their work and searching the scriptures about wisdom and may they stand on your word concerning wisdom in Jesus name. Amen. I, I thank you for giving me this opportunity. Also, I want to give you an opportunity to give. There are th- different ways in which you can sow into this ministry. You can sow by texting KLM 77977. That's through our app Push, Push Pay. Text KLM to 77977. Or you can give through the cash app, the cash app sign KLMNJ. Cash App Signed, KLMNJ, or you can mail your your checks or your money order to um, Kingdom Living Ministries, P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, R-A-N-C-O-C-A-S, New Jersey 08073. It is through your giving that we're able to continue to minister as effectively God uses the tithes and the offering of God's people to further the kingdom of God. Thank you for this time. God bless.
0: That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. God bless you.